and glad they won the cup. So it'll be yeah. good to meet him. It'll be nice to. Uh, Absolutely, and uh, would, were you a fan of Nick before he came to Pittsburgh? Absolutely, yeah, and no, definitely back from when he was on the Canucks and uh, all, all the way through the uh, Ducks as well, so it's good. We're glad to have him. Where are you from in Pittsburgh? Uh, from North Hills. North Hills, right. Uh, just right over by, um, right over by uh, the subway and Papa John's. Oh, you know, oh, fantastic. So being in the back row, I, I think you're gonna be, you'll be in good luck. I think it's 200 in the just wanted to make sure, hey, we'll get you on and stuff like that and say, what would be a message to all the other Pittsburgh fans out there to get the opportunity? What did they miss out on? Uh, you're missing out on Benino. <laughs> exactly. The HPPA line. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Hello. Hey, guys. We're doing a radio interview and in television. Neil Haley, BPTV, and nationally total celebrity show. What do you guys think? About getting to meet Nick, are you excited? About oh this? yeah, I've been pretty excited. excited about this for the last two days. Yeah, it's fantastic. Macy's is doing this, right? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It reminds me when I was a kid, and I'm dating myself. When I met Rolling Stargell, when I met uh, certain Steelers, when it was Coffins, and they would do it, and you get to line up and do the autograph thing. So, yeah, uh, it's tremendous. And when did you hear about this? That's Yesterday. The, I, last time I did one, he was in 2009 after they won the cup. I did it with Max Talbot, so like, this is the first time since then. This is just so awesome. He gets to do it again. Where are you guys from? Butler. Butler. Okay, yes, so I'm in Gibsonia, so I'm not okay. too far from you guys at all. So hopefully you get some opportunities. What question would you ask me? What do you, if you have What's the it feel like to raise the Stanley Cup? Like that moment when you're putting that thing out the air, I just want to know what it feels like. You know what I mean? It's got to be a cool experience when the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I showed up only media. They had two cameras, and I lucked out. To get to interview him. Yeah. Oh, you got to interview him. Oh. I got to interview him. I didn't expect that. I expected like a line. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. So, all right, well, good luck, guys, and yeah, uh, enjoy it for sure. Young man, nice. one question. We're with the Total Celebrity Network and Total Education. What would you like to ask Nick Bonino? Um, how heavy is the Stanley Cup? How heavy is it? That's a great question. Yeah, exactly. Are you hoping to see it eventually sometime around Pittsburgh? Yeah. Did you watch that game or did you stay up that late? Yeah. Awesome. And one thing, where are you guys from? Mars. Mars, okay. I'm in Gibsonia. So it's for TV, Bethel Park. We're going to put some of this together, but also if there's Verizon channels in certain areas all over Pittsburgh, plus I'm going to put it on as part of the, after the interview with Nick, fans' reaction to what they're going to go ahead and do. So it's great Macy's did this, right? I think it's fantastic. fantastic. It really is. And uh, exciting. I just got the press release Friday and said, media, it's go. I said, I'm coming. There's no doubt about it. And it was such a great opportunity. So good luck meeting him. Thank you. Hi, guys. We're Media BPTV, Total Celebrity Show. We wanted to ask you a question about what you think about meeting Nick Benino. How excited are you guys? Oh, we're really excited. We're really excited. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We were the third and fourth people to get tickets. We came right as the store opened. So, yeah. Really oh, excited. really? So you've yeah. been waiting since what time? Uh, yeah. Well, no, we weren't, we weren't waiting. We came at like 10 o'clock. And picked him up? Yeah. yeah. We skipped swim practice. So, yeah. Okay. There, there wasn't anyone here. We just kind of walked just ran in. And got but, yeah, tickets. it was. We're excited. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And once you found out, you're like, yeah. Gone oh, away. Were, exactly. You're there. Yeah. Yep. It's it's great that they do this, and I was uh, talking to people earlier in the line saying I got to meet Willie Starge when I was a kid, and yeah. got to meet certain people like uh, Franco Harris. They used to do it so much more. Macy should definitely consider that in other places to get in the stars here because yeah. oh, it's yeah. such draw. Mm -hmm. And to get to yep. meet somebody after they win the cup, what an awesome yeah. experience! Yeah, where are you guys from? Right over there, McCandless. McCandless. Yeah, okay. The bus. Okay. Well. Yep. Good meeting you guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, Thanks. take care. Somebody, this young man. Uh, hi, Total Education Network. What are you going to ask Nick Benino when you meet him? Um, just what it felt like to win the cup. 
know, just how it feels. Did yeah. you watch all the games? Yeah, I was at the games too. You so were it's pretty at fun. the game. Oh, that's awesome. And let's get a close up there of your shirt. Yes, very nice. Very cool. And where are you from? Um, just score Hill in Pittsburgh. Okay, well, this is going to be on VPTV. And, and on the radio, after the radio interview I did with him, I'm putting fans on after the sound bites about whatever meeting Nick Camino. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll put it first. That might be good. There you go. Just thinking of these things. I, I thought I was just going to get a rope. Um, I didn't expect to get sitting right next to the talk, so that was awesome. That was awesome. That was a great experience. Okay, guys. Let's get this gal. Let's get this cute gal. What are you going to ask Nick Benino when you get a chance to meet him? Well, I'm going to say congratulations. I'm going to say how does it feel to be a Stanley Cup champ? And I see you're wearing your official shirt. I'm going to get a close-up on that shirt. Did you go out that same night and buy it? No, next day. Okay, next day. You weren't one of those diehards that went to get sporting goods, huh? Were you at the game? No. No. And where are you from? Um, Plum. Uh, Neil Haley, Nick's whole education now controls celebrity show, nationally syndicated radio, and do TV locally. Oh, cool. Awesome. TV. It's a community, so thanks. Awesome. All right. Okay. Are, are the mics on? Or? Yep. Okay. Mics are hot. Well, uh, we are live again with Nick Bedino, Stanley Cup champion. That must have been your dream your whole life to win the cup, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, just hearing that uh, being said. Uh, still kind of gives me the chills. It's uh, a lifelong dream for sure, especially um, playing hockey growing up is what you want. And uh, to do it here in Pittsburgh made it even uh, better with the fans and uh, the city won a championship. How did you feel once you knew you're a champion, Stanley Cup champ? Uh, it's, uh, it's still uh, kind of a pinch me moment. Mm -hmm. I think when Hornquist scored in, in game six to make it 3-1, we all uh, let out a collective sigh. I think yes. uh, at that point we knew We'd really have to screw up to lose, and um, we just got the job done. It's it's been a whirlwind. It's it's already been a week since we did it, and uh, something that I'll never forget. But uh, I wish I could have that that moment back on the ice with the cup, because that's uh, what you dream about, and it flies by. When Crosby handed you the cup, that must have been so unbelievable. Yeah, I think I actually got it from uh, Haglin, which was was pretty cool, just being on my line. Um, it was pretty cool to see Sid hand it off to Daly, who's played 900 games, and, and it was his first time winning, and then Duper got it, and we all know he retired. So um, it was cool to be on the ice for that. It was great to see everyone else hold it, but uh, it was really fun when I got to hold it. What are your plans when you get to host the Cup? What are you planning on doing? Uh, it's going to be pretty low-key. I'm going to go golfing uh, with the Cup for sure right away, and then uh, I've said this a few times, I'm going to eat some pasta out of it with my grandparents. She's going to make a, a big uh, a big bowl of pasta, we'll put it in there and eat, and then I'll have a, maybe a local signing at a school and then do um, a party for all friends and family at night. What, would, what advice would you offer kids that want to be in your position someday? What to do? Uh, just believe you can do it. Um, I think the biggest, biggest advice I have for kids who want to be athletes are make sure you play uh, more than one sport growing up. You see a lot of kids burn out that, uh, that play one sport year-round. I know for me, I played everything. I played lacrosse, soccer, basketball, baseball, um, tennis. I love tennis. Right, right, right. Um, you do that, you get a little bit more rounded. Uh, you kind of can focus on different things. And uh, it was always good to take a break from hockey in the summers and focus on other stuff and then go back to it and it was fresh. You saw that specialization at times keeps you from not being well-rounded, and at times, as you said, constantly playing the same sport, it, becomes, it really burns you out in so many ways, and being well-rounded, you
focus on each season, right? And a new opportunity to try something new. Yeah, like. yeah, absolutely. Um, my freshman year of high school, I wrestled at 103 pounds. I was, I was oh, really? pounds. Um, so I was tiny. I hit a growth spurt um, that next year, and, and that was when I kind of knew I could play hockey seriously. But um, I was a goalie in lacrosse, then I was a defender in lacrosse. I was a wrestler. I played basketball. Oh, wow. I played okay. soccer. So um, I love to play other sports. I love to golf. Uh, and uh, obviously, I love to play hockey. What's your second favorite sport? Um, I like I like every sport. I, I think right now it's golf. It, it matches up so well with hockey. I think uh, the only thing with winning the Stanley Cup is it cuts into the golf season a little bit. So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to catch up on that a little bit um, over the next month and a half and uh, start working out pretty soon here. And that's the the long season you have. You're right back working out very soon. It's like the because hockey season is such a long season. You got to be ready for the next season already, almost. Yeah, absolutely. I think the trainers and the team knows that uh, we get a little bit of time to party here and um, just kind of hang out and rest the bodies because they definitely need to recover this part of it. But uh, we'll get back at it. I'll probably be in the gym um, maybe after this weekend, uh, golf a little bit this weekend at home, and then um, start working out again. Well, thanks for stopping by the Total Celebrity Show. Best of luck to you, and we can follow you at Nick Medina. On Twitter, correct? Yeah. And tweet yeah. you out, and everybody should tweet them out. Okay, yeah, sure. tweet out a pic. All right, well, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Photographic Memory Podcast. I'm excited to welcome program Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, what's going on? How are you? You know, I, I feel great. It's a beautiful day. Uh, it's good to be alive. Got to make every day count. Exactly. So our topic today is codogenics. I have no idea where we're going on this one, but it's very interesting to look at specifically enough where the vaccine's taking us, different things. You know, India is really in bad shape, but the United States is pretty much all hands on deck back to normalcy. I was seeing certain dates of events. Things are happening They're Like, I think in July, they're talking about, you know, Everyone attending events, Dr. Mark, isn't that true? I mean, everybody. Yes, they're giving the general impression to the public that return to normal, uh, COVID's over, just let's, let's, it's in the past. Is that a mistake? Well, if you look at uh, 
if you look at Australia, Australia has really announced that they're going to go in lockdown for another year. Till like mid, that's, that's what they expect at any rate, till mid 2022. If you look at the curve of death rates in India, something happened about three or four weeks that instead of flattening out or going down, it's, it's right. going logarithmic, going, turning straight up, you know, curving upward. And, and, and so, but they're, they're just trying to paint the picture, the vaccine. I forgot what they're saying, full on events in July. I'm just seeing different that, things. I'm, I'm, I, I, I do not think that you are going to see an indoor basketball game in with 20, with packed stands in the United States, even during the low period. I don't think that's going to happen. And if it does, I think it'd be really irresponsible, but that's okay. I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. So you have Codogenics website right up um, for people watching the TV show. Again, now our show is on Amazon and Roku too. So I don't know if you knew that. So the, this TV show will be airing also on Amazon and Roku. But Codogenics Inc., uh, when you look at specifically enough what's on the website, uh, Dr. Mark, what is this about? This is about inoculation using nasal rather than oral. Okay. And with inoculation, you take coronavirus and you use a coronavirus infection to produce protection against future coronavirus infection. Now, this is Codagenics, the phase one trial is going on in India. It's not going on in the U.S. Right. So here's, remember I said, I think six months ago that inoculation started, if you look at the history of inoculation, inoculation was actually developed in Asia before it spread to the West. And it came into the West in like the 1700s, 1800s, and was very effective at preventing um, smallpox that had like a 25% mortality rate. So then why, if you look at the history of why was the Western culture so slow to adopt inoculation, it really got into politics, it got into culture, uh, and yet you're seeing the same type of process reestablish itself, that inoculation is being accepted in, uh, I don't want to call them a third world country, I'm not here to put down India, uh, but it's being accepted abroad more rapidly than it is being accepted in the more, quote, developed countries. Now, I did oral inoculation. And I did oral inoculation in the United States as a licensed physician. My son did it. My wife did it. It was effective. It stopped transmission within, within about 10 days. You're not transmissible. There's nothing today that the CDC has, no vaccine that Pfizer or Moderna has that can stop transmission faster than an actual infection. Of course, if you get infected in your lungs, you may have long-term pulmonary disability. You may get septic. You may uh, have all sorts of, and you know, you may 
need a burial policy because you may die. But if you get coronavirus just in your intestines, that may not even be picked up. So it might show up in your stool, but you won't be doing stool PCR right. testing and you won't be doing stool antigen testing in so, the United States. And so, so you would never, in the United States, we actually had probably two or three or four times the number of asymptomatic, no symptoms, GI infections for every known respiratory infection. And that's with coronavirus. Now here's, this is really gonna blow your mind. We, the same type of asymptomatic infections have been going on with flu for all of our lifetimes. In other words, the reason why only like 15 or 20% of the people get flu, and it seems like it doesn't infect the other people, is a lot of the other people are actually having asymptomatic GI infections with influenza. So the same type of process is going on with a lot of other respiratory viruses. And one of the things that I did that, you know, once, once you cross that Rubicon and start doing things outside the norm, guess what? I did the first influenza inoculation too on, on YouTube. So does inoculation work? Yes, it does. Now what they're having in India in the last three or four weeks within the last month is a huge spike in their death rate. And that death rate is re reflected on all of India's number. Even though if you broke that down by province or locality, exactly. in certain of those localities, the, the death rate has literally skyrocketed. Okay. It, yes. So let's yeah. jump back. Let's jump. So basically for Code, Codagenics, do you like this product? It's a step in the right direction because it is using live coronavirus. It is attenuated. And you can see, I think you see, do you see my screen on here? You're seeing, sharing my screen. You see the little blue circles? Now, one of the circles has a few dots on white dots and the other circle has, has like more white dots. You see those? Those are viral cultures. That's what that's supposed to represent. And the codogenics is growing, but it's not growing this as fast. Is this available in the United States, Dr. No, it is not. Can you get it? imported to the United States to take it. Here's what's going to, let me tell you where, where the future of inoculation is likely to go. Codagenics is likely to be at least partially successful. And let me tell you why, partially. To be successful with codagenics as a nasal spray, you have to actually have a nasal infection. That's a little bit that's more difficult than getting an intestinal infection. The reason being is your nose does not have as many receptors for the virus as your intestinal tract. The other thing is, is that when you have a runny nose, some of your population is gonna have a runny nose, they're gonna have mucus on their exactly. nose. They may not absorb the virus as well because their, their nose is, and they may blow or sneeze or. So it's not as certain as getting an oral inoculation. Is it very painless? Absolutely. Is it as painless as swallowing a capsule or a piece of candy that has live virus no. and is coated? You know, I could probably go up to a remote village in India and if I would eat one of the, and hand out candy that had live virus in it, 
that was coronavirus. And some of the local people would say, might say, hey, Dr. Hayden, you're poisoning our kids. And here's how I'd handle that argument. I would take some of the pills myself. And if the sure. locals in India saw me take the pills, they would know I'm not killing their children. And I'd say, look, you pick out which ones you want me to take and the others will, will have live coronavirus and protect your children or your adults or your grandma. That would work wonderfully. And that will eventually probably be where that heads. But to do that, you had to prove that the idea of coronavirus, of inoculation, which has been set aside for about 100 years. Well, I don't know whether it's been that long or not. Probably, I, I, it, it may be less than 100 years that, that to bring, to revive inoculation, you have to have steps like codogenics. And certainly, uh, Operation Warp Speed, when I, last year, when I presented that to them, that would have been the way to go. They could have upscaled, they could have treated every American probably within two months with oral inoculation. But, you know, that's, uh, you, that's money, what do you call money morning quarterback in? Yeah, so let's kind of, so this is, these are great points you're making about cotogenics and the different things. So what country? And, and, and let me tell you the other problem. I have some problems with cotogenics. Let me tell you about the problems. Live virus or attenuated virus is never appropriate for people that are totally immune compromised. So let's say somebody just had severe advanced HIV, or let's say they've right. had total body irradiation and they're getting a stem cell transplant. If you give them a live virus, that could be fatal or, or cause severe. And when you spray it in your nose, guess what? That nose, and I want to talk, I hope Codogenics listens to this. And if you know anybody at Codogenics, please let them listen to this and try to improve their product because that's what they need. We need to work together as a team to improve inoculation as a whole. When that spray comes out of that bottle, I assume that that's going to be a water-based spray. It's probably not, it can potentially evaporate. And as those particles get smaller, they could actually inhale it all the way down into their lungs. Now, it may be that when you do the nasal spray, you're told not to breathe in and, and they have them sit there for a minute without taking a deep breath so they don't suck it into their lungs. But it is possible for the attenuated cotogenics to reach the lung. Now, it's attenuated. Let's just, and for normal lay people, we'd just call this as a slow version of coronavirus. So okay. even if the slow version of coronavirus reach your lung, is it going to make you that sick? Probably not sick at all because it's a slow virus. And unless you just have advanced AIDS or HIV, or you just had total body erasure, in only very, very, very rare cases, would you ever get a pulmonary infection? With okay. It? So yeah. is it generally safe? Absolutely. Is it gonna have less side effects than the IM shots? Absolutely. Is it gonna be lower cost to make than the IM shots? Absolutely. Is it a step in the right direction? Absolutely. But not or like oral inoculation. That's the difference. Yes, that's correct. So, but here, it's so, not, yes. So when- Eventually you you'll- the United Now States? here's the problem with, here's the problem with my approach for Codogenics. Codogenics is a for-profit company. 
and they are working with a for-profit company trying to do these phase one studies. Here's the profit, here's the problem with for-profit. If you take live virus and you simply candy coat it, everybody and, and their brother is gonna be skipping these patents. Nobody's gonna get rich off of it. Well, I'm sorry, but that's okay too. You follow me? We can live with, without big company profits. That's all right. But, you know, Codagenics, they have a proprietary attenuation process. That means it's, they're, they're, they intend to make a profit off it and good for them. And, and really, Codagenics has done a service to the world to even do the nasal spray phase one study. Yes. It's a world service. That's, and, you know, whether their stockholders became super rich, should you go, if you own Codagenics stock, should you go in and tell your friends about it? Absolutely. Right. Will you become a billionaire or zillionaire? Pro maybe, maybe not. But what you should brag about is that you were a part of a process that proved technology. That should make you happier than getting rich as a pig. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So just, you know, we're going to jump back to this whole thing with cogenics in a way. So basically you snort it. A nasal spray. Yes. And so when do you expect this to be in the United States? I think they're probably, here's how Codagenics, and if I was talking to their phase one people right now, I would tell phase one, your nasal spray, great ideas, good starting. Take that attenuated Codagenics virus and put it encapsulated into a pill that can be swallowed according to my patent that I've already put out. And then you'll be swallowing attenuated Codagenics virus. That's an attenuated live virus, very much like attenuated polio virus. And so guess what? Codagenics next phase could be an oral pill because it would contain the attenuated Codagenics live virus in a pill, in a pill form. Okay. And that will probably be imported into the United States. And these, we don't live in a vacuum. In other words, there's people at Pfizer, they know about Codagenics. There's people at CDC and World exactly. Health Organization. You're gonna see an attenuated live virus as an oral inoculation yes. before the end of this year. Absolutely. You are going to see that before the okay. end of this year. Right. That'd be my prediction. So, so, what's, what, so it's not in any country in the world right now, Codagenics. Codagenics is in India. But it's not it's uh -huh. not in the United States, and it's as a nasal spray. You're going to see an attenuated live virus, widespread phase one study in the United in in more developed countries. Uh, very you're soon. talking so swallowing like your vaccine. Yes, that's it's right. Um, yes, and then so what does that mean for you with Cotagenics coming out in the U.S. with this, with the sw swallowing a live virus? What does that mean can, for, for what you're doing? I'm getting a little bit of reverb. Can you say that again? What does that mean to you then for your live virus vaccine moving forward? If they go to the U.S. with a... What, what it means is, you know, there's a saying, imitation is the best form of flattery. Okay. That's still true. Yeah. I am flattered that Codagenics would do nasal inoculation after I did oral inoculation last summer. So that makes me proud. 
I did oral inoculation. Now Codigenics is doing phase one nasal inoculation with an attenuated virus. It's, so they're not they're, going, they're only going to do nasal. They're not going to do swallow. I think they will get to swallowing before long because these other people are not that stupid. Yeah, they're, they'll go to, to pills. So where are you looking to go with yours then? You know, I don't have Codigenics proprietary attenuation process. So within the United States, I expect probably within two or three months, we'll have another resurgence. We're going to have lockdowns, I expect, anticipate later in the later this summer, by the late summer or in the fall. And I also anticipate that I'm going to take my family on vacation early in the summer, not late. So when we we're going to plan our vacation right after Memorial Day uh, and get down to the beach, enjoy ourselves, have a little bit of fun before it, everything re repeats of last year. All right. So, so, I mean, that is, that's where we're, we're headed there. And is, am I confident, am I more confident today? I am more confident that inoculation will be successful and inoculation orally will be successful and will become the predominant method of treating coronavirus. That's right. And it, it will probably use an attenuated form because that, that means that classic vaccine companies can claim that they have a special attenuation process. So you'll have that to, go high tech. to find it somewhere else worldwide, your vaccine. We'll have to go to some What's other it? country. We'll have to go to some other country then. Temporarily but then it'll quickly spread over here. You're gonna see before the end of the year, you're gonna see all sorts of inoculation being, the, once this other wave comes up. Gotcha. Okay, so antivirusair.com right now, they can go to antivirusair.com to see you swallow live virus right there, right now, right? That's exactly right. And this is useful. This would be useful for the flu, this is you, this same type of inoculation process is useful for influenza. It's useful for coronavirus. And there will be so many other applications. You know, if you look at the CDC, they have been so hampered by not doing live experiments on live people. Now, that's going to come. Let me tell you, once people go back to saying, guess what? We don't need super sophisticated. Well, actually, what they'll claim is they'll need proprietary attenuation processes to make it attenuated, but it's still be inoculation. So I, I'm, I'm very. I, I, I told you so. How's that? People okay. like to say, I told you so. I told you so. All right. All right. Good talking to you, uh, Dr. Mark. OK, you always close us out with the positive yes. thing after what we talked about. Yeah. You know, I had a blessing to be born in the United States, to get a medical education. And I have, the United States has its, has its flaws. Its government has its flaws and it has some good things too. Um, but I don't control the government of the United States. People don't control the government of the United States. It's controlled by other people, by other forces. It is a one, every day is a gift. My days are numbered. Your days are numbered. We need to tell the people we love that we love them. We need to make each day count. 
And life is a gift from God. And make it matter, make it count, and be thankful for all our blessings. Y'all have a great day, and it's been great to talk to you. All right. Again, that was the COVID-19 vaccine show, guys. Take care. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Freedom for Addiction Truth just below the surface of the Neil Haley Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, Reverend Wynn Henderson, MD. Wynn, how are you? Doing good this morning. How are you, Neil? Fantastic. What is our topic for today? Well, I've got a podcast today, um, and I want to uh, talk about um, Blaise Pascal. And uh, you'll understand uh, as I get into it. So let's get one thing straight at the beginning of this podcast, which you can find at www.freedomfromaddiction.libson.com. And you can um, share this with others. No capitals, and uh, you spell Libsyn, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N. I am a Christian who believes in a God who has three distinct personalities, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And I believe in two aspects of salvation. The first is the eternal salvation, which deals with where your soul is going to go when you die. The second salvation is current salvation, which deals with your current life before you die. My book, Freedom from Addiction 3, deals primarily with salvation in everyday life, and it is based on a belief in God. After all, as you remember, God sent me the message that I have been relaying to you over these years. It deals with current salvation in this life right now. I know that a lot of you listening today are not Christian. You can have current salvation without having eternal salvation, although that is a shame if that happens to you. What I want is I want you to have both. Okay, so getting back to who is Blaise Pascal and what was Pascal's wager? Pascal's wager is an argument in philosophy presented by this 17th century French philosopher, theologian, mathematician, and physicist. It states that human beings bet with their lives that God either exists or does not exist. Pascal argues that a rational person should live as though the Christian God does exist and seek to believe in him. If God does not actually exist, such a person will only have a finite loss of some pleasures, luxury, and fun. Whereas, if God does exist, he stands to receive gain represented by spending eternity in heaven and avoid infinite loss represented by infinite suffering for eternity in hell. God is or God is not. 
and reason cannot decide between the two alternatives. A game is being played where heads or tails will turn up. So let us weigh the gain and loss in wagering that God is. Let us estimate these two chances. If you gain, you gain it all. If you lose, you lose nothing. So wager then without hesitation that God is. It is unconscionable to bet against an eternal life of happiness for the possibility of gaining nothing. The wise decision is to wager that indeed God does exist since if you are correct, you gain it all. And if you are incorrect, you lose nothing really. So this talks to the people who are scientifically motivated who want to use reason and logic and not just believe by faith alone. And I think that if you consider Pascal's wager, you'll see that the only logical thing is to believe that God does exist. And that's my podcast for today. Okay, Wynn, I appreciate it. Again, that was Freedom from Addiction, Truth, Justice, Service, and the Neil Haley Show. Take care. Thank you.